Welcome to Future Hindsight. I'm your host, Mila Atmos. Each week, I speak with citizen changemakers who spark civic engagement in our society. We're about to return with our next season on what our probable futures could look like. I spoke to guests with a wide range of expertise like Jim Nickman on the economics of healthcare. The problem in, in health economics for a long time was that when we looked at this question, we were focusing on how do we deliver and receive medical care effectively. But the real question I think economists and everybody else in the health field is beginning to realize now is that's not the focus, medical care. The focus is health. How do we get more health? That's what we're buying or spending resources on is health. And that leads to beginning to think about the efficiency of investments in education and income and social services. At the same time, you're thinking about the investments in medical care. You know, so I think that's sort of the changing perspective uh, in, in the field. Jonathan Lamontagne on the challenges of climate abatement. Things are going to get very uncomfortable for people living in coastal cities, particularly on the east coast of the U.S., uh, in the mid-Atlantic, where you have subsidence going along with sea level rise. There's the real potential that major American cities are, are going to be in real trouble. And if you look internationally, places like Bangladesh are going to be in real trouble with persistent flooding, and there'll be very likely migration issues. As people can no longer live where they're currently living, they'll begin to migrate. And so I think that um, if you look at the migration crisis that was sparked by the Syrian civil war, I think it's maybe an example of what's to come in terms of really desperate people that are fleeing their countries, trying to find somewhere where they can live and be somewhat safe. Robin Steinberg on disrupting the cash bail system it's enormously expensive to have a pretrial justice system the way that we operate it. American taxpayers spend $14 billion annually holding people in jail cells that haven't been convicted of crimes. And if you calculate the collateral consequences of that, it's estimated to be as high as $140 billion a year we spend to hold people in these horrible dehumanizing jail cells who have not yet been convicted of a crime and likely won't be convicted of a crime. I mean, we have created an industry of punishment. And to dismantle that industry of punishment, we are all going to have to reckon with the size of the system and really begin to commit ourselves to decarcerating America. But with that comes the requirement and the commitment and the dedication to downsize ourselves. Ezra Levin on the future of democracy after Trump in 1977, there was no grassroots movement demanding democracy reform legislation. And we think that can be different in 2021. Indivisibles, we have polled, we have surveyed, we have talked to all across the country. And when we ask them, what is your top priority? What do you want to see the new president put as their number one legislation? What do you want to see federal leaders lead on? They care about everything. They care about health care and abortion rights and immigration and environment education, you name it. But when we ask them to prioritize the number one priority for indivisible groups all across the country, blue states, red states, purple states, is saving American democracy. And so much more. I'm also excited to announce that our new episodes will feature a slightly different format than before. And we hope this will help you like the show even more. Let us know what you think by emailing us at hello at futurehindsight.com. Be sure to tune in next week to hear my conversation with Melissa Mark Viverito on gender parity in government. If we want a just an equitable society, 
the voices of those that reside within our democracy have to be heard, have to be reflected in government. And so women, being 50% of the population, maybe 52%, to have equity in governing is critically important as we're looking at budgets, as we're crafting policies and legislation. And the unique perspective and experience we have as women is incredibly important. So that voice missing really, really is a disservice to our city, and it's a disservice to our democracy. Until next time, I'm Mila Atmos. (laughs) 